save these nerds for after. Yep, definitely save those nerds for after. Right now we're at episode nine and we are live. I'm with Rob, keeping McLean McLean. And without our tech, without our hostess with the Moses Miranda Gagne, we're suffering a little bit, but at the same time, we stand alone. <laughs> this episode is called Can You Hear Me Now? Uh, well, we'll plug in our sponsors and pay some bills a little bit later, but Rob McLean, the people have been waiting. We'll have special guest Patrick Dietz, uh, coach of College of Mount St. Vincent, talk about the state of the NCAA on the East Coast. Yeah, I know you remember him. Um, So, first topic is just recently the IOC, the Olympic Committee, has um, announced that the Tokyo Games will be postponed with the new goal being summer of 2021. And this marks the first time that the Games were postponed or or canceled um, during peacetime. So, Rob... um, was this decision made a little late, or, or was the timing perfect? Um, it, it's pretty interesting you say that because uh, I think it was perfect timing. Uh, a lot of people actually were saying that uh, the, the Olympic Committee is like a beacon for you know for people to strive towards something uh, better. You know, so if you have a situation where you know, the world is looking a little bit on the, on the grim side, you know, you want to have something to look forward to. So it's, it's great to have, uh, that as a, as an ideal, but in reality, it's the worst possible situation that a a virus would pop up like that, where you have all these athletes coming into a certain location after that, you know, after whatever happens, they're all going to leave. And it's all shorter than a two week period that they're, they're they're all there, you know, for their perspective sports. So it's just, uh, it's, really bad situation um and it stinks but at least they made they didn't cancel it they postponed it so there's hope and uh, i'm hoping that you know good things will come in the future in the next couple months and we can move forward to start getting ready for the next olympics game yeah well here's the thing for me rob i don't a lot of people are like oh they're a little late in the house because all the other sports cancel it but they also have to take into consideration um some 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 things one People are predicting this virus is going to stick around for a long time, but they don't know how long. So I always err on the side of caution that you, pick, you, you it's better to keep the event and cancel it than to cancel the event and then you're scrambling to try to keep it again. So it's one of those things where uh, it seemed like the, the IOC was insensitive to people's health and what was going on in the world. But they, they were, I think they did the completely logical thing. And, and, and it's very I mean, I know it's a risky thing to say that because people, when you say that, they assume that you don't care about people and that's not what's going on here all right um the the whole thing of long live sport and how the show goes on is (laughs) who the hell is that (laughs) oh patrick's calling me (laughs) we gotta tell patrick tell patrick we'll wait i don't even know how to reject that call you gotta slow your roll patty yeah patrick if um Somebody told Patrick to hang up. <laughs> we're, 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 we're live right now. So, so it's one of those things where I wish I knew how to do this. All right, let me, um, let's see if I actually hold that thought. I want to see if I can get Patrick in on this. It's the strangest thing. We, our show's been infiltrated. <laughs> infiltrated. Everything is nowadays. Patrick, can you hear me? 
Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up, buddy? What's good, Patrick? I speakerphone. I can't hear you. Sorry about that. Um, let's see if I can turn it up. Can you hear me now? A little bit better. Cool. Hey, Patrick, what's up, man? I got uh, Rob McLean in the house. What's up, Rob? He said, what's up, Rob? What up, Patty? How you doing, man? All right, cool. So I'm good, um, man. Cool. Uh, so it's good Good to know, good that Rob can hear you. Um, or I don't know if you heard Patrick. You no, can... no, I can't, I can't hear. All right, no problem. So, so Patrick, um, the yeah. first, the first topic where um, I went, I wanted to get a little, a little East Coast pulse, but since you joined in on the conversation, stay with us. The, um, the question was the Olympic, um, the Olympic committee announced that the Tokyo games will be postponed, uh, with the new goal being the summer of 2021. And this marks the first time in Olympic games that it was postponed or, or canceled during peacetime. And the question is, Rob, were they, was it timely? I mean, not Rob or Patrick, was it timely or was it a little late in the house? It's timely. I mean, if, if you look at the climate of the situation, how everything was, was, you know, the way everything had unfolded, basically, you know, the, the envelope, the Pandora's box is open and the, the whole, the whole Sheboygan, um, they were hoping that the, the, the mass of the pandemic or the epidemic in, at least in Asia would have subsided. But now it's looking like it's not going to subside at least in, in the foreseeable future till December. You know, and 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 where I say when I say December, I'm 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 not being pessimistic. I'm not being you know nihilistic in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying that because you're you're looking at all the possible new cases of people who were quarantined, who are now going to come out and get tested to make sure that they're not sick that they don't have the disease and then we're going to fall back a little bit and we're going to excel and blah 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 bliggity blah and of course you know after all that's said and done folks are going to get vaccinated and then it's oh hey let's try to get back to normal life and yeah. that's that's where we're going to fall by the way sorry for not saying this thank you by the way for having me on the show i'd uh <laughs> when you when you called me earlier to ask me to be on i was like what so right, cool, um, i'll do it so rob do me, do me a favor give miranda um uh, you can go headphones on the Facebook Live in case you can't hear Patrick. Uh, if you can't hear Patrick, you just just um, you go go one one set of headphones from Miranda, um, from Miranda on hers. Yeah, so you go right ear, right ear, me, left ear, Patrick. So Patrick, what I was saying um, when you called in was I thought I I share your sentiment. I thought it was timely in a sense that it's it's easier to to cancel something. Uh, um, to, to hold something then cancel it than it is to cancel it and try to scramble and, and, and redo it. Like, what's happening with this virus? Some people say it's going to take a long time. Some people say it's going to take a longer than long time. And the, the IOC is no stranger to letting the show go on and, and, and catastrophic events. I bring your attention to Munich in the 19, 1972 Olympics um, when there was a terrorist attack on, on Israel. Um, they shut down for one day and then... And then the next day the show went on. This, of course, is more significant because this is on a more global scale. But um, should they have canceled it? Yes. Was Were they too late? And the, the answer is absolutely not. Um, for both of you guys, 1916, 1940, and 1944 were, was World Wars I and World Wars II. And that was the only times that it's been um, canceled or postponed. So... Um, 
that that was the answer to that. Thoughts, Patrick? What was that? I said thoughts. Um, thoughts, thoughts. Well, okay. So let, let's let's ballpark it, let, or I'm going to try to ballpark it as best I can. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this little anecdote because it's something that literally just came up. So um, a mutual friend of ours, RJ from Central Park, posted in the Central Park uh, webpage. Hey, look at this thing that's being said on the courts. I'm, I'm going to generalize it. The, the 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 courts are open, but not to groups, you know. And someone had made a comment, and I I had gone in there and, and defended RJ because RJ's statement, though it was general, was pretty poignant. It's is it is it open, but is it closed? Is it allowed for groups or is it something that we're not supposed to do at all so uh for the people ta- reality, for the people at home we're talking about central park volleyball about shutting down the court central park yeah we, we have we have the, the two courts in in the in the central park mall there there's a way to do things and and explain it explicitly and then there's a way to do things and just leave things vague and that that's basically what i what i went and and, and explained it's like hey there is a vagueness in this sign there's a vagueness in this explanation basically saying, oh, hey, <laughs> the courts are open, but not groups. But this is this is this thing here. This particular space is designed for groups. Is two people considered a group? Can two people come in, pepper, walk out, hit a couple of balls and leave and not be bullied and not be, I don't want to use bullied, but, you know, be forced out of what they're doing? Or is it just one person who's going to be there with a volleyball, jump serving like 70 times, hitting a ball off the net, passing to themselves? what's their purpose of being there? They're not doing anything, you know? So, so make it more explicit. That's what the IOC just did. They were like, Hey, we're going to, we're making this explicit. No Olympics this year. We're going to wait till next year. We're going to, we're going to reset the schedule and we're going to go. And from that point on, we're going to go the best we can and do the way we should as we know. And that's it. And we leave it at that. Definitely. All right. Good job. Rob, do you, do, are you on a four second delay from the Facebook one? Oh, I just lost your, I just lost your audio, Rob. <laughs> oh man, Patrick, I just lost Rob. I just lost Rob's audio. I can see him, but I can't No, Rob's there. I see his face. I think he's uh, back. There it is. Uh, I just, yeah, I just had 20 seconds, 20 seconds off. So <laughs> Sorry about that. So, Rob, let's um actually let's skip um the 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 subject topics and let's just let's just get, uh since I got Patrick on the line, we could talk about what's going on there. Okay. Okay. All right, Patrick. Um, right now you're the head coach of NC um of uh, College of Mount Saint Vincent. Am I correct? And also with Cali Club Volleyball. Yeah. So uh, this past for the past six years, going on seven now, I've been with Club Ace Long Island Cali. I've been a coach with them for a while. Um, I was the interim head coach at Mount St. Vincent this year because the head coach, Courtney Bernstein, uh, congratulations, had her third baby just at the beginning of this season. So um, I jumped in because Mount St. Vincent to me is home. I love going back there. Uh, I, I've had to make decisions of leaving there when, when I didn't want to or when life had uh, presented other opportunities. But I will always go back to Mount St. Vincent because it is, it is home to me. And I decided to go back there this year. And we were having a we we're having an up and down year, you know, typical um, for a small school like Mount Saint Vincent. And 
Actually, I, I wasn't trying to sell the school as much as I was trying to talk about um, when the coronavirus hit and, and, and at what point in your spring season. So, Patrick, take us take us back to the day where they, they shut you guys down. Where were you guys when it was happening? What were you doing when it was happening? Holy cow, that is a great question. So, the you hear? day Oh dear. Hey, with respect to Yeshiva, we know, come on, that was a win for Mount St. Vincent. Uh, Rob McLean, who's an assistant coach at Baruch College, knows that. You just show up. Rob shaking his head like, yep. Mooney, we 
like yeah. basically ripped through a team that had been perennially, perennially ranked in Division Three basketball. Going, oh my God, they are destroying this team. This team possibly could win a national championship. And then three days later, boom, everything's done. Yeah. Rob, do you have a, a question? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I was just uh, listening in. I mean, that's that's you know that's how all the sports have kind of gone this whole year for everybody, you know? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. That is how that that is how the, the cookie crumbled on that. Uh, yeah, Patrick, I talked to and Rob, I talked to John Mayer yesterday and it was almost similar. They were actually on a plane um, waiting to play Grand Canyon University. And then someone just got like a, a, a message saying the PAC conference, not they're not in the, the PAC conference, they're in the WTCs. Uh, PAC conference got shut down and then. So he called his AD, called his people and they were getting on the plane and they were literally saying that Arizona like all the Arizona schools shut down, so they had to find a way to like get off the plane <laughs> and come back. So um, <clears throat> glad to have Rob in this conversation, Pat, because as, as you remember, Rob was an assistant coach at Baruch College, so certainly no stranger to, to, to CUNY sports. I, I, I remember when Rob left high school and went to LBCC. Yeah, man, back in the day. <laughs> I, I remember day. back those days when Rob was still a high school kid. Yeah, yeah. To think back about it now, I can say it was about 10 years now, 15 or 10, 12 years now. So I can actually say back in those days. So it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. So, Patrick, um, before you go outside of the coronavirus, I wanted to talk about um, the the CUNY championships. You were doing color commentary for uh, the men's finals and the women's finals for um, for uh, what seems almost a decade right now. And almost 20 years. Yeah, actually, yeah, I remember because I was the one that was doing it before you was me. That one was a radio broadcast, if you remember. Um, exactly. You did, the, you did the first four radio broadcasts. Yep. And that was um, Hunter York somehow. <laughs> I remember Titus, <laughs> who's the longest tenured coach in the CUNY conference. Um, so what um, – You've been doing some really, really good uh, color commentary, and I'll, I'll highlight. And Rob, bear with me on this one. Uh, I'll highlight the CUNY finals last year when I believe Hunter played Baruch, and you were citing where not just where tactically where Kevin Edwards made the adjustments, but where where Nick where was it Sanchez? What's his name? Yes, Nick, uh, Nick Sanchez. Yes, where Nick Sanchez um, uh, failed to make the adjustments. Uh, is this just something that you got from just picking it up the same night, or is it something where um, you um, is it something that you were just seeing on the fly? It's something that you saw on the fly. It's literally, I mean, and, and I think you've had Kevin Barnett. You've talked to him, and and, and Rob will know this, and, and you'll know this because we as coaches, when we're sitting there and we're watching a game, and say we're scouting a team. We're writing down our adjustments. We're making our switches at that point, at that time, right? Um, so as a color commentator, that, that's kind of my job to, to let, the, let the general public or let people who are watching know, hey, this is what's just happened. Right. And, and let's see if the other coach realizes it and are they going to make their secondary adjustments? Are they going to shift? I mean, one of the things that, that a lot of people hate but love about Bill Belichick um, was how he was able to constantly find a way in the second half of football games, even if his team was down by 10 points or, or, or 
you know, a field goal and they were struggling, he made a defensive adjustment on the fly. And you'll hear, you'll hear whoever it is on ESPN or whatever, Fox, they'll say, Belichick made this adjustment. And now the team is doing this. Holy cow, they've changed. And, and that's something that happens in our sport literally almost every other play. We, yeah. If you watch a high-level volleyball game, and I love watching this, if you really pay attention from set to set, coaches will switch their rotations. They'll spin their rotation dial and go, you know what, this rotation struggled on, on, against this serve receive. I'm going to rotate to this one because that's going to help me against that particular serve receive. A, a, a good example is if folks go back and watch the last time BYU played Hawaii, in the, in the home at home where BYU flew out to Hawaii, the first night BYU devastated Hawaii, yeah. swept them in three. That was a home then, game? Was that a home game for Hawaii? That was a home game for Hawaii. And then the second night, BYU is still playing a pretty high level. They're making a few more mistakes, but Charlie Wade made a switch in set three with his serve receive, kept his, kept his sophomore setter in, and and really just said, I'm going to stick to this. I'm going to go to a four-man serve receive. I'm going to do this. I'm going to eliminate their best service ability. I'm going to put my libero dead center in the middle of the court where you've got to serve him no matter what, no matter where the ball goes. It's either going to go straight down the line or right at my libero. And it worked. And Hawaii was able to rally back and win that match in five because of those type of, types of adjustments. Um, I'm, I'm not... I'm not claiming that to know volleyball better than anyone else that that's not that that's no you're come on you're in the wrong pack right come on you're in the wrong podcast for that right (laughs) yeah but i mean look at the people you the people you've had on your show period mayor mayor just dwarfs me in knowledge and the guy graduated years after me and and in college and i've been coaching longer than him but i think he's seen and played higher level and knows better volleyball than i do right so what we, what we need to learn to do is just to, to say what we see as, as analysts, keep it simple, and make it fun for people. And when those adjustments happen, they, they happen. Um, to go back to something that you had asked me on the phone um, earlier, and I, I didn't touch on it before, back, back to the COVID thing. Um, the NCAA is allowing for seniors who lost Robin, I, yeah, Robin, 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 let me interrupt you for a second. Rob, remember we were talking about that last week, and that, and that was one of our good idea, bad idea things. Um, yeah, yeah, cut in on that, Rob. Think good idea, right? Yeah, no, I, I think that just uh, it should be for all for all players because I think you know, regardless, you're losing a year somewhere, you know, unless it's freshmen coming in, but you're a sophomore, you're a junior, you're also losing a year, or, or also losing that time, you know. So I think it's just it would be good for all players or all all student athletes. Um, but yeah, I understand why seniors and and the short term things. Yeah, um, Rob, do me a favor. Um, if Miranda's around, uh, Duran said we lost sound somewhere in the middle of the podcast. I wanted, I just want to make sure it came back. I don't. I mean, I don't know if this is what she does in her leisure. <laughs> yeah, Patrick, you were talking about sorry, the red shirting NCAA. Um, that's where we were talking. That's where we left off. I mean, in the short term, it does help out, and and it, it is it is a thing it is a thing that allows those seniors to come back. But I'm going to see it as a D three coach, right? As a D three coach, 
I have I have a a, a fifth year senior who's going to come back to my school and possibly play for me, but he has to get accepted into our master's program, and he has to take 12 credits, or she has to take 12 credits. And why would they stay with me when they're going to get an opportunity to go to another school and maybe get into that school's grad program and have another year? Um, it's good and it's bad. It, it has its merits, and it's awesome that the NCAA is allowing this to happen. But as Mayor said the other day, as Mayor said the other day when he talked to, I think, I think it was yesterday, actually. Yeah, he was on, uh, John was on yesterday. Be, yeah, the logistics behind the scholies, the scholarships that are going to come up, is an issue. Is the NCAA going to allow a school the additional scholarships to hold on to those players? Or can those players leave and get a fifth year someplace else? You know, or can a kid who's been at a D3 school like Springfield, or at New Paltz, or Stevenson, or Stevens, or NYU, be able to transfer to a smaller school, like a Mount St. Vincent, like a St. Joe's Patchogue, like a Karen, like a Fon uh, Bon. Yeah. Get that okay. year and strengthen that school because they got into that school's um, grad program, and now we might have a little bit of awkward parity across the board in Division Three, but does it help that kid maintain their status going to another school but they only have it for one year? You know, does, does it, does it, is it, is it, is it really a true benefit or is it just another, just another, you know, piecemeal thing? You know, it's like, oh, hey, we know you got screwed but we're going to give you this because it's the only thing we really can give you. You know, it's, for the scholarship kids, it's different. For the Division three kids, it's absolutely different. Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's going to be weighed differently, I think. Yeah. Now, I also think a lot of those kids are who are academics are, I mean, they're already seniors. They got stuff to do with their life. You look at Stevens Tech, right? Post-graduation hire, um, right? They're not going to stick around another year just to play volleyball. Or, or maybe maybe for the, that other Patrick, <laughs> you know. Um, Pat Dewalski's done a great job at that school every year. He's yeah. Since I was in yeah, Rob. When you when you coached Baruch, you played Stevens, right? Uh, we played Stevens once at, at Stevens. Uh, That's a tough team to beat in Jersey, my man. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a difficult play, but I mean, I I, I think that's what's great about uh, that conference is that every team really does. I mean, we were severely uh, undersized and <clears throat> under, I guess, skilled for that age. You know, let's just say, but. Um, yeah, that, it was just it, it was always a possibility to, to be able to, to play against. Like, nobody was too out of another person's league, you know what I mean? Even though Stevens is always at the top of the league, they're still always beatable. You know, Springfield, I, I feel like, still always beatable. It's not like yeah, they're definitely. just so outrageous that uh, they should, you know, be clinging on to, like, a D2, D1 kind of a... Yeah, well, that's just... To me, that's the coaching staff too. I mean, Charlie Sullivan is a real coach, you know, a guy who's never, who's 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 a lacrosse player that just that just learned the game, came up, um, kept the the practices competitive. The man has zero loyalty <laughs> as far as who he chooses to start, and 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 I guess because the the kids that are going there, this whole iron sharpens iron thing is going on, and that's what's kept them competitive. Like if you look at them, they could they could easily play D two or D one. 
uh, all of their programs. Their you know their football team's good, their basketball team's good, and I I, I don't know. Maybe at some point they're gonna they're they're going to do that. So uh, Patrick. So Pat, we're um we're gonna move on our, with our show. We got other subject matter, but I wanted to take the time to say thank you for calling in. It was one of those things you you were seven minutes early, but I was like, what the hell? Let's get this guy now, man. I miss Let's do it. I miss you, and you're in our thoughts and prayers, okay? And I want you to stay safe out there. Same, brother. I hope I hope you that that beautiful little baby girl of yours, your awesome lady, and and everyone is safe out there. Don't go crazy, Rob. Keep flying, brother. I mean, your hair's getting blonder. Yeah, man. Dude, this this is pretty much how Jesus looked. <laughs> this is how Jesus yeah, looked. <laughs> I don't look at my hair. My hair just goes brighter, you know. That's all. That's all happens. All right, cool. Thanks, Pat. Later. All right, peace. Have a good one. All right, here we go. Hey, Rob. Thanks for sticking it out. That was um that was supposed to happen somewhere after our topics. Um, but it's always fun to have him on the coach, uh, uh, on the on the line. He's he's one of those deep voice guys too. So. Yeah, it makes, me, it yeah. makes me not so deep. You, know? you ever want to test his right? You ever want to test your mic? <laughs> Look no further than Patrick, Daddy Deets. Um, we were roommates for three years. I was um, a little uh, uh, background. I was his coach, his NCAA coach at City Tech. He um, in 2000 he won Offensive Player of the Year by um, Northeastern Collegiate. Like, if you looked at some of the D1 teams, they played more sets than him. But if you look at the number of attempts, it was almost even. So, um, yeah, great player. Turned into a great, great coach. Beautiful mind. Here we go. Hey, let's, um, man, Miranda's with us in spirit, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Emoji faces and all. All right. So check it out. Um, all right. Uh, topic number two. Uh, this year of NFL free agency has been one of the more exciting years to date. Yes, it has. From Super Bowl quarterbacks to Pro Bowl receivers and running backs to everything else in between. Rob, who, in your opinion, is the best free agent pickup to date? Oof. Best free agent pickup to date. Um, man, I mean, obviously Tom Brady is, is, is top of the list. You know, that was crazy to see. But I, I still feel like he could have probably gone to a better team. I still feel like maybe he would have reached out to the Tennessee Titans a little sooner. I would have loved to have seen that. Ooh, Vrabel is the coach too, huh? Yeah, Vrabel is the coach. And you got that Derrick Henry. You know, you can't beat that. Past that, um, I, man, I just – I thought this whole this whole uh, free agency was a great, great – it's just been so many trades, been so many uh, – it's been a great combine. There's been – I guess it's because a lot of other sports haven't been around, but I thought this this whole free agency, I don't think there's anything one in particular. Uh, I think Tom Brady just kind of stole the show, so it's kind of hard not to think that's the biggest one. Um, I mean, that's going to shift the league. You know, you got um, Drew Brees coming back again. You know, you got a couple pieces getting put around him. I, I just think that – this is going to be a really awesome, awesome uh, year for the league. And uh, I'm super excited to see what's going to happen. I, I mean, I really like the, the next topic we're going to talk about, but we're going to keep that where it is. Yeah, keep it wraps because we're staring in yeah, that direction, man. okay? But I, I'm really, really, really excited to look at what's going to happen after this draft. I feel like the free agency will, will, will show a little bit more about what they've done after the draft. I kind of usually wait till then. But, yeah, I'm super excited for what the season is going to hold. Hey, Rob McLean, 
because the answer is ob- an obvious is obvious for the both of us. Allow me to steer in a different direction uh, just for fun. We talked a week ago about Phil Rivers going to the Colts. Like good idea, bad idea. Both of us thought, thought both of us both of us thought it was a good idea. And guess what? There he is. The man's a cult right now. The man has a, a good core of receivers, a, a solid coaching staff. Uh, the cults have a good leader uh, that can call audibles. And let me tell you something: if this guy can coach Brissett and win games with him, he can definitely do a bunch of good things with Phil Rivers. Uh, the Chargers became a little bit stale for for Rivers. He didn't want to be there. The Chargers didn't themselves didn't even want to be there. <laughs> um, and it was one of those things where every time he's played, there was no such thing as a home game. There was no emotional connection. And Phil Rivers, Philip Rivers strikes me as a type of quarterback um, where you have to have some kind of emotional connection to keep him charged up. You know, he 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 self charges, but he feeds yep. off he feeds off of people that have this this um, that even show the illusion of caring. Yeah, uh, he's he's right. he's he, he. You can see that there's no place in this world where that man would rather be than on a football field, and and really the only difference is is just to change the zip code and and um, every other difference is a, is significant improvement. Well, you know, and I also think that. Philip Rivers probably should have had a change of uh, change of scenery a long time ago. Um, I think that just it'll just show like he'll have a great year this year, maybe for the next two two maybe three years. But past that, he's not gonna have uh, you know great years because he's a little too past his time. But the other thing is that um, you know when you have a different change of scenery, you have the opportunity to you know reinvent yourself. Right, you have a different team. You have a different, like you're saying, different cast of wide receivers, different defense. You know, I think that's huge. Even though the Chargers have a great young defense, they had a long time where there's no good defense in the Chargers. So it's great to see him in another team. I'm super happy to see that. I'd like the whole team around him. I really love that defense. That defense, I think, will be a changing, uh, like a changing aspect in his career. So love to see it. Can't wait to see what happens. I am super excited for this NFL season. Yeah, man, me too. That that's um, listen. I mean, it's it's almost like the subject, the topic is going to be one and one a because we're we're going to the next thing. So, Tom Brady, uh, with last week has committed to um play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and today, as of today, signed a two year, fifty million dollar contract. Rob, this is, this man. bar this deal this um. How could I say this? What what do they call it? The house special or or, or, or um the the home the home the hometown the hometown special that oh, he's yeah, given yeah, the yeah. Patriots. He no, he's he officially given to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So my question is, is this just Tom being Tom, or was this a slate on New England? But honestly, though, if you think about it, a forty-something-year-old quarterback. Yeah, I know that they took him to the to the Super Bowl and all, but with both parties being considered, that like how he performed and then where he got to. I think that this is a fantastic deal for him. You know, you can't go to somebody saying, I want this much amount of money, not being able to, to prove what you, you know, what you physically were capable on the field, and then say that I'm going to give it to you for another two, three years. Uh, I think this is great for both sides. I always like two-year deals because it has a little bit of security. It has a little bit of you can earn a little bit. You know, you can push the envelope on maybe on the next contract. Um and so I think it's great for Tom Brady. I think it's great for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, 
I think it. I think he did give him a little bit of a discount because he did want to have a certain bit of a say. He did want to stay on the East Coast. He did want to make it easier for the family, the kids. He did want to have maybe some more favorable weather, you know, for more more times out of the year. He doesn't really need to be toughened up, you know, by the winter anymore. So it, it is, I think it was just a, a meeting of both parties where, you know, I can have it quick too. I don't have to last through a whole bunch of different trips and it might go here, it might go there, big decision here, big decision there. Like, no, it has all the things to check out of my checkbox and, and everything else is, you know, it is what it is. You give me 25 in two years, I'll take it. Okay. I, I think it's great, man. New England, on the other hand, you know, they in trouble, but, you know. Rob. The one thing I say is who's going to be backing them up, but okay, keep it going. No, 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 no. You, you done? My no, turn? I'm good. I'm finished. Rob McLean. Of course it's a slate on the New England Patriots. This man, Tom Brady, my boyfriend. My boyfriend's back bigger than before. Hey la, hey la, my boyfriend's back. Tom Brady took the hometown discount year after year after year after year under some kind of unfounded promissory note that the Patriots would allocate those funds and those resources to recruiting some talent. And what the last decade, what has the Patriots done? The last good wide receiver they had was Ocho Cinco, who was long at the tooth that got him to the second Super Bowl. And before that, Randy Moss in his prime, which, which led to an almost perfect season. That's what that man does with one receiver. All right? So, the last 10 years... Hey, bargain basement, got you. Bargain deal, hometown discount, hometown discount. Who are you going to pay? Who are you going to pay? Oh, that guy up there? That guy up there um, who's... um. I don't know, that guy from Dorchester up, up, up in the stands we brought down to, to wide receive. Short little white guys that take a whole bunch of shots to the head. Only good for two seasons. Wes Welker, Julian Edelman lasted, actually was like a broken down version of himself. It finally caught up to him. That man was catching balls, getting nailed by four people at a time. So, of course, Tom Brady's going to do the hometown discount because this, this way and for this team, guess what? He's got some talent he's got some he's wide receivers never, he's never thrown to a guy as talented as mike evans and i mean in their prime talented because obviously randy moss you know but mike evans is, can do a lot more than what randy mike moss evans has longevity without the tude without the diva without the divaness why do you think he's not I mean, why do you think uh, evans isn't in the news he's on your fantasy team <laughs> he's on your fantasy team but he ain't gonna be in the news Listen, of course it's a slight against New England. This is his his way of saying, listen, Robert Kraft, you're like a father to me, but sometimes the, the, the child has to leave the house. The birds gotta fly the coop. Daddy, I love you, and I'll come back for Thanksgiving. But for now, I'm taking a hometown discount and I'm getting my nut back. It's true. Yeah. And I'm glad for him because man, he's he's put down for a lot of people. He's put amazing times. Whether you hate it or you, you respect it, you know, he's put a lot of amazing football games on the field. And, and you know, whether and you can just and expect it and he does it, which is even crazier, or he just does it. And in, my, and in my opinion, he has a two-year contract right now. I think it's good for two more years. I think he's one of these guys that didn't sustain a lot of damage, that does a really good job taking care of, him, t- taking care of his body. And, um, yeah, 
two year contract, damn right, everybody wins in that one. They the Tampa Bay's got a, a good quarterback and, and two shots at winning the Super Bowl. Tough division. Tough division though, though they got a little bit weaker with um with um Cam um Cam Newton leaving, who <laughs> we're, we're, we're I think we're gonna go to next. Uh no, right. no, we'll we'll save that for good idea, bad idea. Mm-hmm. How you feel about that, Rob? Oh, I'm feeling good with it, man. All right, hey, there we go. More NFL, Rob. Yeah, man. DeAndre Hopkins trade to the Arizona Cardinals is still buzzing in the news cycle. Um, Rob, how's this going to affect uh, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson going forward? Man, I'm so I feel so bad for uh, Deshaun Watson. You know, he got drafted into one of the most you know, like the best spots to be drafted into. Uh, obviously, let's not talk about the head coach slash GM because I think he's just destroyed that team. I was really happy when he got there, but let's not talk about him. He had an Arian Foster, maybe come back, maybe not. He had a good offensive line. He had a good defense. He had a J.J. Watt coming back. Now, two years down the line, he's had one year where he had to stop because of the torn ACL, and last year, they just really didn't make anything of it. They they had a great run at the end, but they didn't really make you know they were I think like four and seven until they turned it on. So the, the, it's really tough to say that you lose your top receiver, who they 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 really did get it going on, but they they really didn't they didn't have the tight end to kind of make it happen. They didn't really have the that running game to really push them forward. So as a full offense, they couldn't really go forward. Now they're going to take away one of their most integral pieces. I just don't see what they're thinking. And then what they got back for, which is a third and a, a fourth or a third and a fifth round pick, which is just ridiculous uh, for one of the best receivers in the game. When Stefan Diggs got a first round pick, you know, last oh, man. week. Oh, listen, Stephon he's going Diggs. to Buffalo. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, see, you happy about that, but. Hey, hey, <laughs> let's but go, Buffalo. <laughs> how much you guys give up for him, though? Like a first and a third? Ah, maybe I'll do that for Evans. Yeah, I don't I know agree. about that. But still, it's it's worth getting a number one. You know, and Stefan Diggs, whether he thinks he's a number one or whether he's actually number one, he's a number one. Yeah. You know, you got to have that confidence. He has the athleticism. Well, you if, you, if you have a good receiving tandem like him and Thielen and, and uh, an unselfish quarterback who's, who's, who's sharing the love and you still put up your numbers, that says a lot about Diggs. So, well, um but uh, last thing, the, the that's the thing I really liked about Stefan Diggs too is that he's a guy that can get away from his defender when a quarterback gets out of the pocket and can find some space and allow somebody to throw the ball down the field in a broken play situation. Yeah. So um, really big for a, a type of Jared Allen, I mean, uh, an Allen type of guy who, you know, gets out of the pocket, can kind of extend the play, and then you know finds a guy eighty yards or you know sixty yeah. yards down the field. And Allen. Allen is a mobile quarterback too, so he can create time for the, for a long ball or for someone to create such separation. And he and to date, I think you'll agree with me. Allen hasn't had a receiver that can create that separation until Diggs came. So it might be um, it's not the final piece to the missing puzzle. But I think right now, without Tom Brady in that conference, I think they I think the Buffalo Bills are heavily favored to at least win the AFC least, uh, um, AFC yeah. East. Did I say least? <laughs> um, <Still. laughs> so, getting back to this DeAndre Hopkins thing. DeAndre Hopkins sent a tweet out. Cryptic. Can't even make anything of it. Um, and before I say what I got to say, I want to read it to you. And I want you to tell me what you think. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of here clean. 
can't even keep track of who plays for the other team. Iconic duos rip and split at the seams. That's a now that's a Drake quote. No, if anyone who knows their rap music or hip hop. I don't know what that means. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I think that's his way of saying, I didn't want Hopkins to go. I'm a little crushed. Man. And, and maybe Hopkins was a little bit more than just a wide receiver. Sometimes you become emotionally invested in these people. Um, um, you'll, you, you'll be A lot of people will be surprised to know, Rob, that the games that the, the teams that have the most success at some point they start caring about each other and that makes you play harder for each other on the field so they you know him leaving is just business but to do, to um, to um Deshaun Watson this seemed highly personal yeah definitely it was uh it's very disappointing but on the on the flip side of it you know DeAndre Hopkins is going to a perfect opportunity for him you know, a brand new offense, loving to run, loving to move the football around, loves to throw. You know, he like great hands, likes to get himself open. So I think it's going to work out fantastically for them. And, you know, the Texans are just going back into the black hole. You know, they're just, ever since Bill O'Brien got there, it's just been terrible, you know. And terrible or good. Not a big uh, fan, are you? <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a big fan of him. You know, I'm a big fan of all their players, you know. You know, but if, if all the other coaches somehow find a way to get, you know, fired. But Jason Garrett barely finds a way to get fired. Uh, who else is terrible? Uh, you got. I'm just saying, there's a lot of coaches out there that probably should get fired, maybe a little sooner than later, and they don't. And then, you know, they get a job right away. You know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, Jason Garrett is the Giants' offensive coordinator a day after they freaking how failure. Some, of how some people years. land a job like that is, I guess. Yeah. Well, a lot of these head coaches get fired. They do land somewhere. It's just not um, it's a lot of people don't notice it because it's not news. It's not in the, it's not at the top of the news cycle. So but like we said in the beginning, very exciting time, right? To, for free agent pickups. You had Brady to the Bucks, Hopkins, Diggs, you had Rivers to the Colts, Mariota just signed a two year deal with the Tennessee Titans. Um, got Bridgewater uh, um, going to Carolina, oh, which no. we're going to Mar get. Mariota's going to uh, uh, the the Raiders. Oh, and, uh, oh, that's who it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a really good one. <laughs> Under Gruden. Oh, that's man. I hope that boy got thick skin. Ebron, you know, good tight end going to the Steelers. Uh, Sanders. Okay. Um, Emmanuel Sanders leaving the 49ers going to the oh. Saints. And that's, that's, that's a big, big, um, big addition for, you know, for Drew Brees and for Thomas. Um, so, all right, so let's finish off our segment. We're doing our little one-minute lightning round thing, and it's called... Um, Good idea, bad idea. That's right, with some success. Here we go again. Starting my timer. <laughs> Starting my timer to, let's call it, one minute. One minute. I hear the giggle in the back. I hear Miranda in the back <laughs> waiting yeah, for the ding-dong. All, All right. Close. <laughs> Good idea, bad idea, Rob. Here's our one minute starting right after the question. Antonio Brown should join Brady and the Bucks. Um, Antonio Brown. Ah, uh, good idea. Good idea. I think uh, Brady is a good influence on a lot of people. I think it's not just Bill Belichick. And I think he'll just keep him straight or, you know, get him out of town. I think the Bucks are notorious for getting some bad bad attitudes in there, getting the best of them and getting them out. So, <laughs> what you got? Listen, 
good idea for Antonio Brown because any any team that he can get in the NFL right now would be a good idea. Bad idea for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you want to talk about taking a chance, there is not one, there is not a single entity as far as elite athletes are concerned in football, never mind any other sport, that can destroy a team <laughs> with faster speed right now than Antonio Brown. So listen, it's someone that Brady can throw to, but you got too many people. There's gonna he's gonna he's not gonna be happy. No way is Antonio Brown gonna share the ball with Evans and God and Godwin and God knows who else. True that. I guess I'm just gonna have to do the ding dong. What the hell? Didn't go off. Boo. <laughs> Boo. All right, let's do this. Get rid of this. Do not dis, do not disturb thing. All right, hey, do, good idea, bad idea. The Panthers released Cam Newton. Uh, you want to go first? Well, yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, the writing's on the wall, right? You, you, you bring in Teddy Bridgewater. You're not bringing him in to be a backup. Right now, Teddy Bridgewater has been uh, was 5-0 and under the Saints. Um, I, I guess it had a lot to do with good coaching, but the man can throw, the man can run, and the man... Uh, he's always been good, and a lot of people were just uber curious to see where he, you know how far he can go with a good team and and now he's got a good team and a good coach matt rule um you know um he's gonna do good things with carolina and, and cam where's he gonna go your turn yeah i mean uh i would really love to see where cam goes but uh for me i think it is a i mean the only way it's a good idea is if cam Newton's hurt if not is always a bad idea he's just you know that good of a talent but um i'd have to say you know, without hindsight, it's a good idea. Yeah, where to? Um, well, we were talking. I mean, I would love to see him go to New England. I think that would be fantastic. That would be pretty damn cool. I think uh, if he's healthy, Belichick can always find a way for him to maximize his ability. And I think that's always what he's been looking for as a, t- as a player, is just someone to maximize his ability, not just to take advantage of it. So, Agreed. All right, good idea, good bad idea. Rob McLean, um, the UFC is looking for another venue for UFC 249. That is Ferguson against Khabib Nurmagomedov. That was originally scheduled to be April 18th. Good idea, bad idea. Looking for a new venue, same time or equivalent. Well, well, good idea because I feel like all these professional sports could just have no fans there. And I'm not saying they, sh- they have to, but I think they can at least look at that, uh, especially in the coming weeks of getting things started up again uh, without having fans there. I mean, I know it's, you know, the teams themselves, but you can distance yourselves. And, you know, I'm just saying the professional sports area, I feel like especially, you know, fighting when there's only two people in the ring, there's a referee, there's a bunch of people on the outside. As long as everybody tests out, you know, maybe two weeks before they fight, you know what I mean, that, then it seems like you can probably have everybody there. So I, I think it's a good idea and they're trying to, keep their yeah. business going and, and make things work. So Rob, for the people who have been salivating at the mouth risking coronavirus because they they waited so many opportunities to see this match. If it's if it's a venue, if it's an empty arena, I think it's a good idea. These guys delayed their match four times. This match is five minutes in five five years in the making. Long overdue. Yep, it is. There we go. We got a ding. Yeah, man, our timing was good, huh? Um Emmanuel Sanders is going going to the Saints. Good idea or bad idea? Mm. Uh, great idea. Uh, they need a number two behind 
Michael Thomas so badly, it's actually hilarious how Michael Thomas finally got paid. He's been the best receiver in the league production-wise as well as measurable-wise for at least three, four years now, and nobody's gave him any credit because he puts up numbers with only himself there. List all the guys who's getting passes that are making any type of money on that roster. It's only him. It's Alvin Kamara. That's it. And that was only this year. Before that, they had a little bit of Mark Ingram, but they all that's all they have is Michael Thomas. It's not Rob. It's not Come just on, a good man. idea, it like you said. True. It's a great it's idea. True. It's uh, absolutely it's supposed to be a debate show, but that is a great idea. He, um, it's a West Coast style offense. You got running backs that could catch the ball, and he complements them perfectly. And I think right now he might be just what Drew Brees needs to get past the NFC Championship game and get back to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. That is, if Tom Brady can stop him, <laughs> <laughs> or if Tom Brady can't stop him. Oh, Rob. Hey, Tampa, Tampa put up a lot of numbers last year against people. Like people don't like they. They. I mean, before the Rams got thrown on the bus for being a bad organization, you know, putting their money in the wrong places, uh, they crushed them. They went to LA and crushed them like fifty six fourteen, and then that was like the downfall of the Rams. But with the Jameis Winston, they put a smack it on teams. Like they, last year, they they beat some teams that you would not expect them to beat. And uh, they did that with Jameis Winston, so I can only imagine what's going to happen with Tom Brady. No doubt. So, no, for sure. It. Hey, we did it. Hey, that guys, that wraps we up um, episode nine of Sports Debate Tuesday. Rob McLean that's joining me via the magic of FaceTime. Nice, smooth, crystal clear definition coming up on my screen. Nice. I... We'll have to get someone to figure out how we do a split screen because I, I, I think between the both of us, we kind of fell in love with that. We'll make that happen next time. But for all of you at home, thank you for joining us. Glad we can um, entertain you for another week. And no virus stops us, huh? We just keep on going. <laughs> uh, love finds, finds a way, my man. Absolutely, man. You have a great one. All right, cool. Hey, for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPads, not at Starbucks, but in your house, cooped up. For all of you watching the AVP exercise at home and, and managed to get us in between. For Rob, keep it McLean McLean. I am Jason DeBillius, and I say, love you. So long. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.